the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a message series called We Believe, focusing on the Gospel of John. All through this Gospel, John is driving us toward belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope and pray that as a result of this series, you will see new faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. In our text today, John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus explains to us that he is the good shepherd. So you can turn with me to John chapter 10 this morning. John chapter 10, I'm going to be reading starting at verse 1 and going through verse 21. Let's remember as we hear this that this is God's word. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way... That man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also that they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up from me. No one that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Amen. One of the things that I love most about being a pastor is when I'm able to do some pastoral visitation. And one of the things that I will frequently do when I'm visiting with someone from the congregation is I will ask if we can read their favorite psalm together. Now, a lot of times people don't have a favorite. A lot of times people are like, you know what? I like all the psalms you pick, pastor. I'm not telling you this so that you're nervous next time I come to visit you. And you're like, I better have a favorite psalm or else pastor's going to be disappointed with me. That's not what this is all about. You can like all of them and I can pick. But when there is a favorite psalm, most of the time, I find that it's Psalm 23. Most of the time, I find that it's Psalm 23. And there's a good reason for that. Psalm 23 is the famous psalm that tells us that the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, the psalmist begins. It's a vivid psalm that's deeply personal. It's pastoral. And the image that runs through the whole piece is of a good shepherd who cares for his own and is near to his own and loves his own and provides for his own. He provides peace and sustenance and care for them. He's present with them in times of great distress. He shows hospitable love for them in the face of opposition. He welcomes his own, his own sheep into his house forever. It's the masterpiece of the shepherd king, David. And when David decides to write about the intimate personal love that the Lord God has for him, he uses something that he knew well for his whole life before being a king. He was a shepherd. He knows how close a shepherd is to his sheep. And he uses that whole motif in the psalm. It's glorious and it's beautiful. The biblical witness shows us that the Holy Spirit who inspired David to write Psalm 23 loves to make use of that imagery and gives it to the prophets at various times throughout the history of the people of Israel. God loves to describe his own people as his sheep and loves to describe himself as the shepherd of his sheep. Isaiah 40 promises that the Lord himself will lead his flock like a shepherd. And Isaiah 53 reminds us that all of us have gone astray like sheep who are so quick to move away from the shepherd. And Ezekiel 34 verse 4 maybe uses the most extended metaphor for sheep and different shepherds because there the Lord God describes the leaders of the people of Israel as faithless shepherds who have not done their task of protecting God's flock. The Lord speaks a word of judgment against the leadership of Israel as faithless shepherds, saying that they have slaughtered choice animals, that they've clothed themselves with wool and neglected to look after the flock. But having spoken that word of judgment, the Lord God promises in Ezekiel verse thir- chapter 34, verses 10 through 16, the following promises. He promises 
I will rescue my flock. I will bring them out from the nations. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And throughout the whole book of John, Jesus has been explaining to the people again and again and again who he is. He's been demonstrating his nature as God, as Lord to all of them in a whole host of different ways over and over and over again. And as we come to John chapter 10 and Jesus starts to describe himself as the good shepherd, it's not just vivid or not just convenient imagery. He's continuing to do what he's done throughout all of John. He's showing the people who they are. And who he is, he's inviting all of them to understand that the scriptures have been testifying about him, about how every part of the Bible is about him. And that includes this language of the Lord God being the shepherd of his people. He's saying here that that promise that came from Ezekiel chapter 34, that God himself will shepherd the people of Israel, that that is being fulfilled in their midst right now. He's showing them that the good shepherd of Psalm 23 is him. This metaphor that Jesus uses is also a challenging metaphor. Sheep are, I know there are children here, so let me spell it. They are D-U-M-B. Kids, when you're older, you'll find out what that means once you learn to spell. These are the things we have to spell in my household. Sheep are D-U-M-B. They are not smart. And so when Jesus and when God describes uh, his people as sheep, it's a vivid metaphor, but it's a challenging one. Sheep are um, prone to wander. They're easily distracted. They're vulnerable to attack. They were the most challenging of all animals to raise and protect in the ancient world because of how vulnerable they were, because of how often they would wander, because of the fact that they were D-U-M-B. But if you're someone who struggles with pride, even a little bit, you probably will recoil at being described like a sheep. However, if you're hearing these words from John chapter 10 today and you are humble enough to recognize that you are, in fact, easily distracted vulnerable, challenging, and often D-U-M-B. Then in John 10, we're invited to do two things, to hear the voice of the shepherd and to experience the love of the shepherd. So let's take a look at this passage. First, let's hear the voice of the shepherd. A wonderful reality about this section of scripture of Jesus describing himself as the good shepherd came home to me this week as I realized something very simple that John chapter 10 follows right after John chapter 9. You probably know by now that I have hopefully a sanctified subversive streak to me. I pray that it is sanctified, but I like it when the powerful the powerful that stand against God are embarrassed. I like it a lot. And Jesus here is being so subversive in a godly way. It's wonderful. 
Much of his behavior, especially in these last few chapters, has been subversive behavior. He's directly attacked the religious elites. During the Feast of Booths, he's gotten up and shouts that the whole thing is about him, that he is the light of the world, that he is able to give real living water to all of those who would follow after him. And here, at the end of John chapter 9, he's asked by the Pharisees if they are blind, and he tells them, yes. And then he goes on to use this metaphor where he describes them as thieves and robbers. It's like, Jesus, you know they're right there, right? Are we blind? Yes. And then he turns, all those who came before me are thieves and robbers. I love it. He continues to just poke at these religious elites who are convinced that because of their own obedience, they are pleasing to God, but they're rejecting God himself by doing that. And he demonstrates through using this sort of language that if they won't follow Jesus... The people shouldn't follow them. It's true not just of the Pharisees, it's true of everything. If that leader or teacher won't follow Jesus, don't follow them. If any leader or teacher or ideology will not follow Jesus, don't follow them. Because it's not like they're just a neutral other teacher. They are a thief or a robber. This is so important for us. Unless, unless a pastor or a teacher or a Christian leader is under the authority of the Lord Jesus, don't listen to them. Even if they come with strict observance of the law or any other such thing. Even if they say all of the right sort of things and keep all of the most fashionable commandments, if they won't follow Jesus, don't follow them. Don't follow them. They're thieves, they're robbers. We live at a time where there are so many resources that exist out there, just a click or a touch of a screen away, and that calls for incredible discernment. If you encounter any spiritual leader or teaching that is not Jesus approved, that one is a thief and you should reject them. And here Jesus, again, just continues to poke at these blind religious leaders. They're the ones that Ezekiel 34 are speaking about. They are the faithless leaders that have not been shepherding the sheep. They've been fleecing the sheep. And and here are some ways that you can know if someone is following after Jesus. And therefore, you can listen to them or if they are rejecting him. If there is any leader that rejects Jesus in these sorts of ways, don't pay attention. Obviously, if somebody explicitly rejects Jesus, that's not a reliable spiritual guide. But there are other ways that somebody can subtly reject Jesus by saying, you know what, he's a great teacher. I just don't know if he's God. Well, then they're rejecting Jesus and you should reject them. Maybe they're offering something that they promise you like alongside of Jesus that if, if, if you come to Jesus, you'll get all of these other things. Maybe different leaders will tell you, you know what, if you follow Jesus, you can get all this other stuff. That means that they're not trying to lead you towards Jesus. They're trying to make you use Jesus to get this other stuff. And it could be a whole host of other stuff. Maybe they will tell you that if you follow Jesus, you could have a fulfilled life or enough money or health. Maybe they will say, that you could have a successful family life or personal fulfillment. Basically, if a leader's making it about you and not about Jesus, they're not Jesus approved. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukemai. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs 
and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, more from Pastor Derek in our series called We Believe, focusing on the Gospel of John. We pray that as a result of this series, you will see new faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. At this particular time, the way that shepherding would often work is that there would be large public pens for sheep in every village or town. And every flock of sheep would be able to stay the night in those pens in those towns. And you might hear that and think, well, that sounds like a recipe for some terrible confusion. If every single flock of sheep gathered together in the same pen, but something amazing would happen when when the shepherd would come to then take out his sheep and lead them to fields, to pastures where they would eat, the, the shepherd would just come into the flock and just announce to his own sheep that they could follow him. And the sheep, despite being D-U-M-B, would know the voice of their shepherd. And all of the sheep who were a part of this shepherd's flock would walk out following after their shepherd. And the ones that didn't know that voice, they would stay inside the pen. It actually was an incredibly effective way because the sheep knew the voice of their shepherd so well that they would follow him and no one else. Apparently, there were even in recent times some experiments that were done where people would even dress up in the clothes that had been worn by the shepherd thinking, hey, this sense of smell will draw these sheep out and they would yell out an impersonation of the voice of the shepherd, but sheep would stay put. It wasn't until the shepherd himself raised his voice and called to them that the sheep would come out. And Jesus says, hey, Pharisees, This is why the people aren't listening to you because they know that your voice isn't the voice of their shepherd. You're not sounding like God. There's something else that's really beautiful in all of this. Jesus talks about how the good shepherd calls his sheep by name. There's such a close knowledge of his own that he's named all of his own sheep and he can call them specifically by name. And they'll come out and walk into pastures following after their shepherd. I find this to be an amazingly comforting thought. As Jesus looks at all of those that are his own, he doesn't just know his church as a whole. Oh, I love my church. He doesn't love us as an abstraction. It's not even that he's like, you know, those Illinois Christians, they really are doing great work right now. It's not just even that he's like, yeah, that Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, there's some good sheep in there. It's not just that he knows us in that level of specificity. He knows your name. He knows your name. And the beautiful thing is that for anyone to come to faith in the Lord Jesus, what you need is for Jesus to speak your name and to recognize the voice and to start following I'm glad today that my shepherd doesn't just know some generalities about me. Oh, there's that guy. I had a friend in college who, if he didn't know your name, he would always call you captain because he said it seemed like unique enough and like exalted enough that no one would ask him if he knew their name. And I was like, Tyler, you called me captain for like the first three months that we were friends. He's like, didn't know your name. Just called you captain. (laughs) I thought it was a special nickname. As Jesus calls to you, he's not like, hey, captain, hey, big guy, hey, hey, cool lady, come on out. No, he knows your name. That's the level of knowledge that he has. And if you know his voice, if you know his voice, you will follow him. 
One of the things that I have loved just in pastoring this congregation is that from time to time people have come to me and talked about a various religious leader of this sort or another. And I've, you know, known of that person and been like, ooh, I hope they're not too caught up with that religious leader. And then something usually happens where like, so they said this and it just didn't sound right. And so I decided, you know, I'm going stop, gonna to stop reading. I, I, you know, I, there's just something off about it. And as I've heard those stories... I'm like, you know the voice of Jesus. And so you recognize that this is not that. And that's why you're not following. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's because you know your shepherd's voice. That when a false shepherd calls to you, you reject it. And here, I hope this just motivates us to want to get to know Jesus' voice better. To get to know his voice better. You know, like, the more you spend time hearing his voice in his word, the better, the better and clearer it will be when he calls out to you. And you'll be like, yes, that is, that's the voice of Jesus right there. So we're invited in the first half to, to hear the voice of the shepherd. And then we're invited to experience the love of the shepherd. The people don't know what Jesus is talking about, verse 6. And so Jesus starts to become even clearer about all of this. He explains that he's not just talking about shepherds. He's not just talking about doors. He's talking about himself. And he says, I am the door of the sheep in verse 7. Now, if you're like me, I read that and I was like, I can't follow the metaphor. So he talks about how he's the shepherd. But then he also talks about how he's the door. How is this all working together? How does this fit together as one coherent piece? Well, there's a story about a preacher named G. Campbell Morgan. Kent Hughes tells this story. G. Campbell Morgan was on a transatlantic, fl- uh, not flight, he was on a boat. He was, this was like 1800s. Flight hadn't been invented yet uh, or discovered yet. And so he was on a transatlantic uh, ship that was going across the Atlantic. And it just so happened that there was another man there named Sir George, the greatest Old Testament scholar in the world at that particular time. And so G. Campbell Morgan was very, very interested to try to to get to know this well-known Old Testament scholar and writes about one interaction they had while on this trip across the Atlantic. G. Campbell Morgan writes about Sir George. He was one day traveling with a guide and he came across in in the the sort of region where Jesus had been ministering, he came across a shepherd and his sheep. He fell into conversation with him. The man showed him the fold into which the sheep were led at night. It consisted of four walls and a way in. Sir George said to him, this is where they go at night? Yes, said the shepherd, and when they are in there, they are perfectly safe. But there's no door, said Sir George. I am the door, said the shepherd. He was not a Christian man. He was not speaking in the language of the New Testament. He was speaking for the, Arab, for the Arab shepherd standpoint. Sir George looked at him and said, what do you mean by the door? Said the shepherd, when the light has gone and all the sheep are inside, I lie in the open space and no step ever goes out but across my body. And no wolf ever comes in unless he crosses my body. I am the door. 
Jesus here in describing this metaphor is showing that this is the level of care that he has for his own, that he protects the life of his own with his own flesh, with his own body, with his own self. One of the things that we will see throughout the gospel is that Jesus is just constantly laying himself down for the sake of all of those that would trust, believe in him, and follow after him. Jesus is the door. And if you have followed his voice and gone into the pen, he lays himself down so that nothing can come in and harm you. You're perfectly safe because the good shepherd is also the door. The good shepherd is also the door. Jesus promises that if anyone enters through him, they will be saved and they will be safe. Anyone that's not coming to you, he reiterates this point, through the Lord Jesus. Anyone that's not coming by the Lord Jesus is a thief and a robber. And Jesus intensifies things. Not only are they coming to steal sheep, they are coming to kill and destroy sheep. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So anyone that comes apart from the Lord Jesus, anyone that comes teaching you any kind of spiritual reality apart from the Lord Jesus, that person is not just trying to, not just trying to fleece you, but is trying to kill you and destroy you. Jesus is the only way to have life and to have it abundantly. One of the you know, church fathers has this beautiful statement The glory of God is a human being that is fully alive. Christ Jesus comes not to steal one little bit, but to give you abundant life. The way of Jesus will always just lead to more and more and more beautiful and abundant and glorious life. And the way of anything and anyone else is going to kill you and destroy you. And so trust Jesus, the good shepherd who is also the door. And then Jesus describes the fact that he is the good shepherd, that he knows his own, his own know him. And then he describes four times what it is that he is going to do. He talks about how he is going to lay down his life for his sheep. He repeats it four times. So we can't miss it. If we read John chapter 10 verses 1 through 21 and we miss what Jesus claims he's about to do, we have been poor readers today. You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering Seven Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.